Welcome in episode 122, What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast. By the last week or earlier this week, we asked you all to subscribe on YouTube so we could maybe get to 100,000 subscribers by the Super Bowl. I then send out a tweet about that. People evidently were very mean to Demonze in the comments, man. You told me about it. You're, 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 what are you laughing about? Because no, no, because no. as soon as you said something about the hundred thousand subscribers, it made me instantly think of the tweet. Man, evidently <laughs> you got roasted. Your mom told me you got roasted. Mom said something. Yeah, she was like, "Did you see the comments on there? They are not being nice to Demonze." So first of all, don't be jerks. Hey, this is Demonze's side gig. However, maybe it's becoming his real gig. We'll show you why in a moment. But here's the real news. We're now, we are like a dozen people away from 97,000. We are right there. So we need just over 3,000 subscribers between right now and Super Bowl Sunday. That's two weeks. And I I think we can do it. You get a plaque. You get a cash bonus. Were people mean to you on that? Because I said you're poor? Uh, Is is that what happened? (laughs) They were coming at me from different angles, man. I've got a tough exterior when it comes to that type of thing, so don't worry, guys. Okay. But I'm not asking to be flamed anymore. Oh, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Be nice to the guy. But but no, so uh, it was the, yes, like there was one, I saw one comment that stood out. It was like, he was like, you shouldn't be moving to Los Angeles if you're poor oh. or if you're broke. <laughs> And I was just like, ah. Just and then other guys it. are coming at me about like my somewhat speech impediment when it comes to the show. I don't know if it's a speech impediment. You just you stumble over your words sometimes. Yeah. And by the way, there's the people have been moving to Los Angeles without having stable, you know, a, the most stable financial situation for as long as Los Angeles has existed. Yeah. It's the city of hopes and dreams. All right, let's get into what is not on today's show. Here's what missed the cut. KD out at least two more weeks. The new NBA All-Star Game format not on the show. And DeMonze doing other podcasts now. Do we have photographic evidence of this? If you're watching on YouTube, you see DeMonze on his buddy Daniel Salvador's podcast. You're being called a Fox <laughs> reporter. Is that Did they ask you, like, how do you want to be you know, They didn't referenced? ask me is the problem. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, I don't know that you have full authorization <laughs> to be using the Fox brand as a Fox reporter. By the way, I need to listen to that podcast. I need to check that out. And if you need, if you're, if you can't get enough Demonze, he also has the Twitch stream uh, right upside down if you want to follow him there. All right, let's get to the show. Go ahead. All right, Vegas, you've insulted Nick Wright. Yeah. Chiefs opened as a favorite since he was a road favorite until right before showtime. Yeah, just flipped. Yep. And now it's Kansas City by one. Still disrespectful considering Mahomes' history, honestly. Mm-hmm. Is this the extra fire Kansas City needs to beat their boogeyman, or is this an ominous sign of what's to come? All right, on the gambling side of things, the difference between minus one and plus one and all of that is minimal, except for when it comes to teasers. As we talked about on Monday's show, if when the Chiefs were getting two and a half or getting one and a half, you teased them, you got immense value. By the way, Patrick Mahomes, DeMonze, has played 92 career games. If you, because you could have teased the Chiefs to plus seven and a half, right? How many of those 92 games do you think 
plus seven and a half would have been a winning bet. Isn't it? So the Chief Mahomes has started 92 games. Right. If you were getting the Chiefs plus plus seven and a half, how many of those 92 do you think would you have covered? I mean, I'll give you a little hint here. He's won 68 of the 92, or 69 of the 92. Yeah. So you know there's at least 69. Right. Of the, I'd, go I'd, ahead. I'd say about 90. 88. 88? Yeah. Mahomes four times in his career has lost by more than one score. So I say all that to say this. Teasing the Chiefs now, there is not value. Because you're teasing through the zero, as we talked about last week, and you're only getting them up to plus five or plus six. So if you were going to include, if you were going to do the Chiefs Niners teaser, which felt like the best teaser available, it's no longer available. That ship has sailed. I'm not teasing this game because I'm just committed, pot committed on the Chiefs winning. Now, when it comes to bulletin board material, there's a lot of bulletin board material. The Bengals are giving the Chiefs. Calling Arrowhead, Burrowhead. Ta- uh, Joe Mixon saying we're the big dogs of the conference. A whole lot of stuff that it, and I didn't used to believe in bulletin board material. I was like, that's a media creation. This is, it's the playoffs with a chance to go that's to the Super Bowl. See it. But the players year after year, time after time, talk about it being meaningful. The Bengals were clearly motivated. By the fact that the logistics of Chiefs Bills being at a neutral site meant they had to start selling tickets early. The Bengals kept referencing that and were motivated by that. The everyone thought that this isn't bulletin board material, but it's of the same kind of family of motivational materials that the Bills were motivated by having Demar Hamlin in the building or the previous week after Demar's injury when they start the game with the kick return. I do think the Bengals are playing with fire. I also think that the Bengals, since Burrow has taken over, this era of Bengals football, they have scored one playoff fourth quarter touchdown, and it was by a defensive end, Sam Hubbard, after the Tyler Huntley uh, fumble return. So the defense really has been the story in these playoffs plus Burrow with some clutch plays early, but not doing all that much late. Go ahead. So you don't, you said the bulletin board material stuff. So, like, don't you think it's a little different? Because is Burrow co-signing on this type of stuff? I feel like it's different. Like, if Burrow was the one calling it Burrowhead, you know. So here's the thing. He's the only one being smart not doing it. Right. Burrow has come out and said, you know, the, the Chiefs are still the team to beat. Burrow, but I... I don't know that it matters where it comes from. And Joe Mixon and Eli Apple and all these guys. Eli Apple's got it coming to him. And Eli <laughs> Apple's not good. That's the other thing. Like, the best players aren't doing the trash talking. Yeah. And I, I saw Mahomes jogging around at practice Wednesday, being a full participant. And I think the Chiefs, this is such a brilliant opportunity for the Chiefs right now. Because when you look at the AFC, okay, so the Bills took their shot. And now Josh Allen's cap hit goes up by $25 million. Stephon Diggs' cap hit doubles. Von Miller's cap hit triples. 
and the Bills are going to have to pair away guys off that roster. The Chargers are in a similar cap situation, and they have to pay uh, Justin Herbert, right? The Raiders traded for Devontae Adams, don't even make the playoffs. Cincinnati is in a wonderful position. However, this summer, they pay Joe Burrow, they pay Jamar Chase, and then they make the decision, can we also pay T. Higgins? Probably can't. You probably can't have two $25-plus-million-a-year receivers. So then they have to make the decision, are we going to let T, because they have one more year on T. T Higgins' rookie contract, are we going to just play it out and then see him walk in free agency and we get nothing? Or are we going to trade him now so we get something back, a la what the Titans did with A.J. Brown, because they didn't want him to walk and they didn't want to resign him. Now, that was a mistake, but set that aside. Point is, I think the Bengals are going to be in it for years and years. But this might be, this is certainly the cheapest their two best players will ever be because Burrow and Chase get the extensions. The Chiefs, on the other hand, traded away Tyree Kill and played rookies more snaps this year than any teams other than Chicago, Houston, and Seattle. They have cheap, young, defensive players and a lot of cap flexibility and extra draft picks. If that year, when they were supposed to be taking a slight step back, when so much of the rest of the conference was positioned for right now, and with Mahomes less than 100%, If even under those circumstances, the Chiefs win the conference, that is utterly and thoroughly devastating to everyone else in the conference. Gets harder for Buffalo. It gets harder for Cincinnati. It gets harder for the Chargers. The Ravens don't. It gets harder for them if they're going to pay Lamar or not. If this was not the year the Chiefs were supposed to be winning the conference. They're supposed to still be good because they have Mahomes, but the offense takes a step back. You're playing all these rookies, win 10, 11 games, win a playoff game, and then be rebooted for next season. If the reboot year, they still win the conference, it's a bad sign for everybody. And not only do I think they're going to win, I don't think this is going to be who has the ball last classic. I think the Chiefs are going to control this football game next all right well no matter what i try to tell you about the chiefs i know you're sticking with them but there are serious concerns when it comes to your 50 to 1 super bowl ticket on the 49ers side to win you need a rookie quarterback to win in a hostile environment you do realize that no rookie has ever won in the super bowl super bowl and you're still not hedging no i'm still not hedging and it's very simple i think that I understand that the Niners have a massive question at quarterback and it's crazy you've always been like a stat guy. Like I feel like this this particular stat well stand out pretty heavily. So here's the deal. Yeah, I yes, I, I do care about the numbers, but this is a tiny sample of the rookie quarterbacks who've even been out in a position to, to get to a Super Bowl and Sean King, Ben Roethlisberger, 
Uh, gosh, I know who the other ones are. Uh, Mark Sanchez and Joe Flacco. And the, the distinction that I would draw is a number of things. One is none of those teams had dynamic offenses. The Niners do. The Niners have all pros all over the place. All of those teams had great defenses as the Niners did. That I picked the Niners to win the NFC with either a essentially a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Trey Lance, he's not a rookie, but he's essentially a rookie. And the other like we have seen guys, we saw Russell Wilson in his rookie year win a playoff game and almost win a second. We saw Mahomes in his first year as a starter get to a conference championship game. We saw Joe Burrow in his second year as a starter, but first fully healthy year, make a Super Bowl. Furthermore, I just don't think the Niners need great quarterback play. And I I am not someone that thinks, oh, Brock Purdy was this amazing steal. Brock Purdy's this great player. I think he is a product of Kyle Shanahan's system. Now, am I nearly as confident in the Niners going into the link as I am the Chiefs? Uh at home against the Bengals? Of course not. And while I am team never hedge, let me be very honest here. If the Chiefs were the early game and the Chiefs won and then it would be 50,000 or zero on whether or not Brock Purdy melts down at the link, I might break my no hedge rule where if the Chiefs had it locked in and now it's just the Niners you know, either win or I lose my bet, maybe I would. But I do think Niners-Eagles is a 60-40 game in the Niners' edge, Niners' side, even though the line would say it's 60-40 on the Eagles' side. And it's not as if Jalen Hurts has exponentially more playoff experience than Brock Purdy. In fact, they have the same amount. They have both played two playoff games. Jalen Hurts played one last year and one this year. And Brock Purdy's played two this year. Jalen also has has not cooked up a dominant. He's been great this year. But he has not cooked up a dominant defense. The Niners have a dominant defense. I give respect to what Jalen's accomplished this year. I know I've been an Eagle skeptic, and thus far they've proven me wrong. But I like the Niners in this spot. Uh, by the way, uh, also the speaking of hedging, I you know I I texted our group earlier this week. Hedging is for what did I say? Cowards and stock traders. I'm a goddamn gambler. We're making those T-shirts. They probably would already be made, but I have not. Get, they they sent me the different designs, and I haven't uh, come on a, come to a decision on them. But we should have those by the Super Bowl. All right, next. All right. <clears throat> oh, they just showed the T-shirt. We can show that T-shirt again. This is not what they're going to look like. I vetoed putting my face on the shirt. I think we'll put the What's Right logo on the shirt. But we're going to find a good way to do it. All right, go ahead. All right, Bill's GM, Brandon Bean, had a lot of excuses for why the team that he put together lost. He said since he had a better team because their stars are on rookie contracts. He also said, I don't want to suck bad enough to get Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. You have to feel bad. You have to feel for the Bills and being here, right? 
As a Chiefs fan, you know firsthand how hard it is to beat the Bengals. Stop that. (laughs) So here's the problem with what Brandon Bean said, and it's multifold. First of all, it should be noted, and Demonte, I don't think you know this, but the Bills got Stephon Diggs by trading for him from the Vikings. The pick they traded for, they traded a first, a third, and a fourth for Diggs. So three picks. The first round pick that they traded became Justin Jefferson. So if they wanted a cheap rookie contract receiver, they could have had Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. (laughs) They went out and got Diggs. And by the way, that was actually fine because Diggs has been awesome for them. Help Josh Allen take the leap. So be it. But you made that choice. Additionally, when you say you don't want to suck bad enough to get Jamar Chase, The year after you drafted Josh Allen, you had a top 10 pick just like the Bengals did. Now, the Bengals, the year after they drafted Burrow, had the fifth pick. You had the ninth pick. The difference is the Bengals took a superstar wide receiver in Jamar Chase. You took a D-tackle in Ed Oliver, Houston kid, who's been a disappointment. Three D-linemen taken in the nine picks after Ed Oliver. Jeffrey Simmons, Brian Burns, and uh, Dexter Lawrence, all Pro Bowl players. You took the wrong guy. That's first of all. Second of all, here's where Bean's comments really rung hollow. He's talking about how Burrow's on a rookie contract and Chase on a rookie contract, but Josh and Stefan are expensive and not true. Burrow and Chase this year made a combined 17 million bucks. Allen and Diggs this year made a combined 27 million bucks. So more expensive, but 10 million. That's that's one good player, okay? Next year, however, Burrow and Chase make a combined $18 million, and Allen and Diggs, DeMonte, make a combined $60 million because Allen's contract extension kicks in and Diggs' cap hit doubles. So if Brandon Bean was having trouble building out this roster when Allen was making 16 and Diggs was making 11, it's going to have a lot of trouble when Allen's making 40 right. and Diggs is making 20. All right, next. Sounds very salty. Yeah. All right, LeBron dropped 46 the other night in a loss, but it got people talking. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis came back Wednesday, and they beat the tanking Spurs. Mm-hmm. Plus, they finally traded for a superstar. Let me check my notes. Uh, what's his name? Rui Hashimura. Rui Hashimura. Oh, yeah, I saw some clips of this guy. Yeah. With Anthony Davis, with Anthony Davis coming back, the Lakers could go on a run. If they turn it around, are you going to start saying LeBron should win the MVP? No, I th- listen, LeBron's been unbelievable. Since he turned 38, he's averaging 35 points per game. We've never seen anything like it. And I, you know, I, I don't even really want to talk about the Lakers' lack of moves other than Rui Hachimura. And I don't want to talk about the MVP thing. Here's what I want to say about the LeBron thing, okay? He's 150 points away from passing Kareem. And it seems like the media collectively has decided we are not treating this like a big deal. Kareem has held the scoring title, Demonze, since before LeBron or I were born. Do you know in the last, let me do the math here, 55 years who has held the NBA scoring title? I'll give you the full list. Wilt Chamberlain, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's the list. For 50 
five plus years, two people have held this. For the last 40 years, every single day, the NBA's all-time scoring leader has been Kareem. It was thought of as a truly unbreakable record up to and including five, six, seven years ago. There were articles written that it can't be broken, that it's an impossibility. And LeBron, it's not only that it is now a fate accompli, 100% chance he's breaking it. He's also, by the way, it's so annoying. The Lakers play in their next three games. Two of them, I'm going to. They play the Nets Monday and the Knicks Tuesday. And LeBron's probably going to break it the game or game or two after that. I'm going to miss seeing him do it by a game or two. I mean, he would need to average 50 a night over the next right. three. So he's not, it's going to, he's really going to be just yeah, a few, just shy of it, which is also to shame for him too in this regard. MSG on right. national TV, he's going to go into the game, I think, probably needing like, like 70. So he's not going to be able to do it. So he'll break it at home, but it won't be on national TV. But here's my frustration there. This is one of the many things that folks said would never happen. And now that it is happening, folks are going to act as if this is not the only NBA record that has ever mattered. Like there are team accomplishments and championships and rings and all of that stuff. But all-time scoring title, like does do you, the all-time assist title is held by Stockton. Nobody cares. The all-time steals title, by the way, also held by Stockton. Nobody cares. Like, 100 points in a game, Kareem's scoring record, these are the things that have resonated. And the fact that LeBron, what I was trying to say, I interrupted myself, is not only going to break it, but he's going to break it while dominating. Right. Well, he's not breaking it while being a 15-minute game guy. And then he might truly make the record unbreakable. A hundred percent. So LeBron has been, he's the youngest guy to every thousand-point mark in league history. He just became the youngest guy to 38,000, but only two people have gotten there, him and Kareem. He's going to put up 42 44,000 points and for and for context there. And by the way, this is ultimately does become when we talk goat stuff, the longer the timeline goes, the more people are going to think that Michael Jordan being the greatest ever is ludicrous because history is going to look at it and say, okay, so why is Jordan the best? People will be like, well, he has six championships. It's like, oh, that's the most? It's like, no, uh, Kareem also has six. Oh, it's tied for the most? No, there's this guy named Bill Russell. He has 11. Oh, okay. He, the guy is 11? How long did he third? Okay, so it's not the chips thing. He was just clear, far and away, the best player. He's five MV. He has the most MVPs. No, that's actually also Kareem. He has five MVPs. And we'll see if, or six MVPs, pardon me. Uh Oh, so he must have been the greatest scorer ever. Well, kind of. 
He averages the most points, but by the way, I don't know if that's going to stay because scoring's going up so much. Oh, where is he on the all-time points list? He's fifth. Oh, is it close? Well, no. He scored 32,000 points. Oh, who has the most? LeBron, how many did he score? 44,000 points. The gap, so right now, right now this moment, just for context here, the gap in career points, which is what Jordan was best at, between Jordan and LeBron is 6,000. The gap between Jordan and LeBron is bigger than the gap between Jordan and Dominique Wilkins. Bigger than the gap between Jordan and Paul Pierce. Okay? So, I'm just telling you guys, it is, and what it's going to turn into is, uh, you just had to be there. You just had to trust us <laughs> that Jordan was. And it's like, oh, <clears throat> oh, I get it. He had to go through, but winning those rings, he had to go through, like, th- that was when the league was at its best. It's like, well, no. His big rival in the East were the Knicks. How many great players did they have? One. And then there was the Pacers. They were kind of a rival briefly. How many great players did they have? Half. Reggie Miller. Okay, that's in the East. But in the finals, he had to go through super teams, right? Like LeBron did all these things. It's like, well, no, not really. He beat the Lakers for first championship. Oh, they had Kareem. No, Kareem had been gone. And and Magic was kind of on his, you know, on the downslope a bit. Magic was so great, but we're... Okay, what about the next one? The Blazers. They had one great player. What about the... Oh, the Suns. They had one Hall of Fame player. What about the next... The, 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 the Sonics. They had one and a half great players. And so, I'm just telling you guys... So, more moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a shot at winning MVP this year, but he is the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. Never miss the opportunity to tell us that LeBron is the best. Well, I mean, the, here's the thing. I guess I'll just take the the charge to do it because he's about to break the most important record in the history of the sport, and nobody gives a damn. <laughs> nobody seems to care, and he's doing it while averaging 30 points per game. While when you look at everyone else on this list, how what they were averaging right. th- when they scored – their final points, it's 13, it's 15, it's 12. Go ahead. It would be really weird for him to break this record had him not averaging 30 points per game. Like, you know, like, if he happened to break this record while scoring, like, 10, 15 points but that's game, it would like, be, like, a really weird thing. But that's kind of how these records almost are always broken. Right. So, like, it's like Kareem... It's like and so many points that you've got to be in there for a long exactly. time. Exactly. So, Kareem, even Kareem, when Kareem broke Wilt's record, I'm going to check real quick. Kareem beat Wilt's record by 7,000 points. So Kareem, the year he broke Wilt's record, he was still awesome, but he was not league MVP Kareem anymore. He was averaging 21 a game. And and then he played another five years. When Jordan scored his final points, he's averaging 20 a game playing for the Wizards. The... I mean, a top, another top six all-time scorer. You look at what Kobe's last year. He averaged like 17. It, it, Dirk's last year, he averaged, I think, 11. LeBron, the, LeBron's going to be averaging 30 
when he crosses 40,000 points. Nobody else in league history averaged 25 when they crossed 30,000 points. It puts it into it's a little context there. All right, next. Uh, so could we got a little poll. Oh, okay. Could Le- uh, I mean, not a little poll. But yeah, we do have a little poll. Could yeah. LeBron have a shot at MVP? Uh, thir- 38% say yes, 62%. He's not going to win MVP. The team's not going to be good enough. Uh, this is going to be Luka Jokic uh, with Tatum having an outside shot right. and with Giannis having an outside shot. Those are your MVP candidates. All right, we're going to do a fast B block because I got to get to TV. We'll come right back, be back, what's right, live on YouTube. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in episode 122, What's Right with Nick Wright. Uh, Got TV today at 3 o'clock. Should be a great show. We also got a little bit of breaking news involving the Jets coaching staff that we're going to get to later in this segment. But, DeMonte, let's get right to it, my friend. Yes, a lot of speculation surrounding Sean Payton this offseason. Seems like he's down to two options uh, between Denver or staying retired. Yeah. Denver just traded everything for Russell Wilson, obviously. Now they're trading another high pick for a coach. Yep. If you're the Broncos, do you think this is the right move to the right move to make to catch up to Kansas City? Okay, so listen, the Broncos do have another first round pick to trade because they got a first round pick when they when they traded Bradley Chubb. Right. Uh, which they, it came from the Dolphins, but it's actually the Niners pick. So we'll have the Niners first round pick this year. I think hiring Sean Payton objectively would be a great move by them. I do not think that team is good enough for it to make a significant difference. And I do not think that he's going to be able to fix Russell Wilson in a way that's going to make them a contender. I don't think that roster is great. I think everyone overvalued their receivers. I like Javante Williams, but he got hurt. And running backs, after they get hurt, you're always worried about them. So there's that. It is a brutal division. And I I think Sean Payton's best option, honestly, is staying retired and waiting to see if the Chargers or the Cowboys job comes open or see if the Cowboys job comes open this year. And I know it looks like they're not firing McCarthy, and I get it. He's won 12 games in back-to-back seasons. I understand all of that. But if the Cowboys are being honest with themselves, they are not going to break through with the McCarthy-Dak combo, yeah. and they're not doing anything with Dak. 
So see if you could reinvent Dak under Sean Payton. That's what I would recommend. I don't think they're going to do that. If I were Sean Payton, you're going to have just as much leverage next season. You got a great job with Fox, make good money, good life, all that stuff. I wouldn't rush to go to Denver. Now, if they're going to pay him, though, five years, $125 million to be a head coach, maybe he does it, but I don't think that makes them catch up. Obviously, it's a massive improvement over Nathaniel Hackett, uh, but I don't think it would be enough, especially because they're, that Russ contract is a disaster, and all those picks they traded is hard to build out a roster. All right, what's our game? All right, today's game, we're playing this or that. Uh, no time for the tennis corner today, but we will be live after the men's final today, fr- final Monday. Yep. To talk about it. Until then, let's get a prediction from you. The Australian Open winner will be Novak Djokovic or the field. First of all, great pronunciation of Djokovic. Uh, means you've been paying attention to the tennis corner. <laughs> uh, I would take Novak, but I will admit this is the one major on the tennis calendar that I don't pay that much attention to because it's during the NFL playoffs. And because it's happening in the middle of the night, because uh, it's over in Australia, I am not locked into this the way I will be the French Open, Wimbledon, and of course the U.S. Open. Uh, so I would take Novak Djokovic, admitting that I haven't been watching much of the Australian Open. Next, all right, uh, the coach of the Your sorry phone fell. the coach right. the coach of the year finalists were announced early this week. Mm-hmm. Many of the names we expected made the final cut, with two notable exceptions. The bigger coach of the year snub was Dan Campbell or Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. Of course. And no, well, listen, <laughs> coach of the year, I think Belichick's only won it once or twice. A coach of the year has become what it means is like who got the overachieved. Yes, the exactly. And I think coach of the year this year actually is Kyle Shanahan. So on his third quarterback, they got the two seed. Yeah, I, I think he deserves it. So I, I'm good with Kyle Shanahan, but it, everyone pretending like they expected the Chiefs to be dominant this year, they're lying. Hmm. That is not what Vegas thought. That is not what the audience thought. And then Andy Reid, it's like, oh, okay, no big deal. He, it, They had the highest scoring offense and the most efficient offense, despite losing the guy that some people think is the league's best offensive weapon. And by nobody, the, the Chiefs' number one receiver, McCall Hardman, has been out for two months, and nobody, and their number one running back's been out for two months, and they haven't missed a beat. But I understand Mahomes gets the credit, but he should have. Andy should have at least been nominated. But I ain't Kyle Shanahan's coach of the year. By the way, the finalists were McDermott, Sirianni, Shanahan, and Dable, and Pe- and Peterson. Doug Peterson. I I don't understand how Sean McDermott gets nominated and Andy Reid doesn't. I just don't. And maybe it's because they think he handled the Demar Hamlin situation beautifully. So, like, maybe that's it. But uh, if that's it, that's fine. But I, I don't understand otherwise. All right, next. All right, during the Bills game, Stephon Diggs was visibly upset at Josh Allen. And after the game, he reportedly attempted to leave the stadium before the coaches even made it to the tunnel. Yeah. Stephon Diggs is a competitor or a crybaby. I'm going to actually go with both. I it, Listen, th- this is an emotionally immature team. And Josh Allen actually plays kind of an immature style, just going for kill shot after kill shot, deep ball after deep ball. We saw their offensive coordinator. Remember the temper tantrum he threw in the booth, throwing the papers and everything? That was a couple months ago. So if that's okay from Ken Dorsey, a grown man in khakis, you know what I mean, up in the booth, then Stephon Diggs can get upset on the sideline. What's not good from Diggs is 
he seemed to be blaming Allen directly. Right. And I don't think that's great for their team. But I think he's a competitor, and I think he's whining a bit. Next. Yeah, he t- All right, Bill O'Brien is returning to the Patriots. I didn't know that pa- the Patriots hired competent assistants. Mm-hmm. Next season, Bill O'Brien will turn Mac around or burn Mac down. I, I think Mac will be a little bit better, so I guess I'll say turn Mac around. But the, here's the problem. Belichick refuses to hire anyone other than his kids and people he taught football to. Everyone on his staff is either related to him or someone who previously was on his staff. He needs to bring in new blood, someone that will challenge him and and try to bring some cutting-edge ideas. There's a Boston Herald article that came out this morning. I haven't read the whole thing about how dysfunctional that entire team was this year. And Belichick seems destined to just keep making the same mistake again and again. Next. All right, Aaron Rodgers is reportedly open to networking, or being sorry, reworking his deal, reworking his deal either for the Packers or another team if he's traded. Mm -hmm. Wait. $50 million quarterback held back his team. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers is sincere or trade bait? It's trade bait. I think Rodgers is getting traded. I think the Packers want to trade him. I think Rodgers is fine with being traded. I wouldn't give up a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers, but maybe somebody will. I think it'll be a mistake, but that actually brings us to our next question. Go ahead. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, breaking news, his buddy Nat Hackett was just named Jets offensive coordinator. Unbelievable. Nat Hackett, great hire or the best the best hire? I mean, if this is the Broncos evidently hired Nat Hackett hoping to get Rodgers. Now the Jets are doing the same thing. What a great setup for this guy. For Nat Hackett. Hackett. Yeah. Who, like, if you remember, Collinsworth told us during one of the broadcasts, the reason Rodgers liked him so much was because he made him laugh and they played darts together or whatever. <laughs> Not like because of his brilliant offensive right. system. But this does, to me, set up for the Jets trading for Aaron Rodgers. I think that's pretty clear. That's why they're What's bringing in Nat Hackett. And, I listen, I think Rodgers is clearly on the downslope. I think we saw the cliff come and get him this year, and he's wildly expensive. But the Jets, they think they're right there with competent quarterback play, so you'll see if they get it from Rodgers. I don't believe in it, but we'll see what happens. All right, last one. Oh, this for me. Demonze, officially an invited guest on other shows now. Demonze's stands are real. I'm feeling like a proud father. Or a monster maker. Look, Demonze, look at the screen. Look at that's <laughs> that that's Demonze just taking over me on first things first. That's Demonze with Joe Rogan. <laughs> this is why you should watch on YouTube. That's Demonze with Joe Rogan watching first things first in the background, <laughs> and you're wearing the same outfit for both of them. Uh no, I'm proud. I love it. I love that uh Demonze. Do you want to mention Daniel's podcast? No. No? No, Daniel. Sorry if you see this. Oh, but, uh, we got it. We got to go over it and stuff. I don't want to. I, I did it. I got you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's yeah. fine. No, I love that answer. That I am prouder now than before. Demonte's <laughs> like, no, I don't want to mention that. Not sure what's going out there. Not sure. We're just not doing it. Okay. And by the way, Daniel's not going to see this. Daniel doesn't watch my podcast, <laughs> so it's no problem. But no, I'm I'm even prouder now. That's great. Follow him on Twitch. Right upside down. Oh. Ask your questions now in the comments. Or take a quick break, come back, answer the listener questions next where we wrap up episode 122. What's right? 
Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. On episode 122, we're now answering your listener questions live on YouTube. Demonze, go right ahead. First off, we got Jonathan Apraza, or Apraza, sorry, said, Nick, do you think the trade between Westbrook and Levine will become true? Apparently, Chicago is interested in this trade if Lakers add two first-rounders. I don't think the Rob Palenka is making any significant moves at the deadline. I think that, I mean, his quotes this week that were like, I would only make a move if I thought it put us in championship contention, which is him saying, we're not, the team I built can't win. Right. Which would make sense if, so if going into the year, if you're Palenka, it's like, what's the best case scenario for how LeBron's going to play? Well, he's exceeded that. If you feel- All right, what's the best case scenario for how Anthony Davis is going to play? He's exceeded that. Now he got hurt, but he's back now. All right, what about uh, how the West is going to shake out? Is anyone going to be run its dominant teams? Nope, wide open. Right now there are two games separating the five seed from the 12 seed. So everything fell exactly the way you had hoped. And yet you still don't think you're a championship contender. Why? Because the roster's not good enough? You built the goddamn thing. It's so frustrating. It's unfortunate that LeBron is in this situation, even though he doesn't seem to like really Oh, he's care mad. About it. No, I think he cares. Malika, guys, it sounds like a coward. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That's what this guy's legacy. A hundred percent. And the Lakers, and Polinka got the job. He was Kobe's agent. Right. And then they hired him to be the GM. They were an unmitigated disaster until LeBron saved them because he wanted to live in LA, then got Anthony Davis to go there. And now it's like they're punishing LeBron because he pushed them to trade for it's Westbrook. It's like he's sabotaging LeBron, sabotaging LeBron so he doesn't surpass Kobe too much. So th- what you just said there sounds ridiculous, except for the fact that that is like on like the deep web of like the biggest LeBron stands there are. Yeah. They truly believe that. <laughs> that the Lakers are actually not wanting to win because yeah. they don't want LeBron. To, that I don't believe that. I just believe they're bad at their job. All right, next. Yes. 
All right, Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, he wants me to do something. Oh, yeah. Have Nick rant his best to worst case scenario on the Super Bowl winning teams. Is Bengals winning at all worst case or Philly that he's doubting? My best case scenario is obviously the Chiefs. My worst case. My second best case scenario would be the Niners because it would prove me so correct that Jimmy G was just a product of the system and that anybody could come in and do what he did or do it better. My next best case scenario would be the Bengals because I give him credit. Like I don't if the Bengals beat the Chiefs for a fourth straight time and then win the Super Bowl, salute. We got a real they 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 have a real claim they're the team to beat and the Chiefs got to go chase them. Salute. Good for them. They will have earned it. And then the worst one would be the Eagles because I've doubted them all year. Those fans already hated me, and those are some worse. And I go to Philly a lot to play cards. Dude, that's that would be the worst. Yeah, there would be no question. That would be the worst. All right, next. Uh, Connor McQueen says, Demonze, if you get that a thousand dollar bonus, how much of it will you bet on an insane Super Bowl parlay? Twenty five percent. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> that's not. That's not a good idea. I'm joking. Um, ten percent works. Hundred bucks on a Super Bowl parlay. Yeah, man. Demonte's oh, the gambling hasn't been going great for Demonte lately. Yeah, He's, like I don't. I know, really don't even. I don't like that. There's only like two games. I know. Now. That's. I knew that's what you were about to say. Yeah, because you can't put in an exotic seven-team parlay. Yeah, no. I only. I was just telling Matt earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to just do teasers all the time now. Like. Teasers are da- teasers are dangerous because they always look like Danny look and I like free money. Yes. Danny and I have a, a long-standing joke of we text each other a couple teasers a week and then just text in all caps, how does it lose? Yeah. Like they, it feels like they can't lose. No, and ever since I switched up my freaking my uh the Bills plus two and a half to Cincy back to plus, plus 11 13 and a half. or yeah. 13 or whatever, I just feel like a wizard with it. Like I feel like with everything that you've given me about, you know, teasing across a zero and all that. Other yeah. Stuff, I feel like when I make those teasers, I really analyze that and the losing the first 500 yeah. to the Dak Prescott mm-hmm. freaking yeah. uh, pick to the Jags. But uh, I still but, yeah. can't believe you did that. You woke up at two in the morning and made a 10x bet. The old 10, you, or I guess you're, you were betting like 20 to $30 a game. So I guess that's like, a 20 unit bet you made. I mean, initially I was doing like 50, 75, but I was doing it like just on the line. Right. You were I just, okay. Yeah. The parlay yeah, yeah. Part right. And then you were betting smaller amounts on super long shots. Yeah. And then how many legs was that teaser? Four, five, four. It was yeah. all, it was all four of the games. Last. Oh, you're talking about the one that I, yeah. The oh. Jack Prescott. One. <laughs> yeah. It might've been five. Yeah. It was a lot of, legs. that's the thing just, and I just so you know, it's not free money once you need five separate outcomes. Four's my sweet spot. Four's tough but doable. <laughs> I would stick to two or three team teasers, but it's fine. All right, uh, Dust, one last question. Dustin Dusty mm-hmm. said, can DeMonte start streaming on Twitch for longer than 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. All right, Dusty. What? Um, Why are you annoyed with him? No, no, I'm not annoyed. That just didn't happen. Um, So I did. It was two separate streams that I did. Oh. There was one where, you know, uh. I was, I think I was just playing Madden, mm-hmm. and then I had switched over to Fortnite. I think the stream had totaled out to like an hour and 45 minutes. It's not my fault you came late. 
Okay. All right. um, well, we'll take but, that, Dusty. We are really super serving one audience member right now as Demonze is explaining to Dusty how he what happened on that thing. I think that means it's probably a good time to end the show. Uh, you can follow Demonze on Twitch at Right Upside Down. You can follow Dusty on Twitch. I think it call me D Block. Go to he's our one of our producers. First things first. Also a loyal listener to the What's Right Show. Subscribe here on YouTube. Let's get to 100,000. We've got a couple weeks left to do it. See you guys mo- see you tomorrow for our gambling show. What's right?